Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with another episode of the No CMO podcast. Today on No CMO, we have founder of You Don't Need a CMO, Chris Hansen. Also have myself, the host, Ryan Sullivan, and our guest today, CEO of Social Connects and the Village Workspace. Her name is Gina Shrek. Uh, Gina is a speaker. She's also uh, been running a successful marketing company for about 24 years now. Um, she's spoken in 19 different countries, really the resume goes on, but her personality speaks for itself. Um, just another great episode of the podcast and really got to delve into the content marketing and also, you know, the way it has changed over the years. She has the, um, older techniques as well as the newer ones. So it's nice to hear that perspective. Um, and Chris and her also delved into, uh, some specific topics. So hope you guys enjoy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Uh, we are here for another episode of the No CMO podcast. Today, I'm here with Gina from Social Kinetics. Uh, social Kinetics is a social media uh, marketing company. Uh, they use social media to connect their communities and build businesses, but I don't want to go too far into it. I'll have uh, Gina explain it for us. And we're also here with the founder of You Don't Need a CMO, Chris Hansen, as well. Thank you both uh, for doing the podcast today, guys. Yeah, very fun. I love I love when there's more people. It's like okay, we're sitting and having lunch and and uh, chatting here. Yeah, we're like hanging out and doing exactly. a podcast. There you go. Exactly. Why not? Oh Why not? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's um, it's been an interesting journey of of launching our business. We I started my business 24 years ago, so before the days of digital wow. and and social media, and was going out working with companies one on one, doing marketing strategies and building campaigns with them. And you know, as social media came on the scene, I happened to have a contract during that time with IBM, and so we were doing some really crazy stuff. In a virtual environment. So we were in a 3D immersive environment. Some people may remember the Second Life days. And um, and and IBM had a campus in Second Life. And so we would log in as avatars and we would be meeting with people from around the world. No and way. Speaking, oh, it was so crazy. Wow. It was so cool. The it was first Zoom. How did that work out? It, I, I, I remember that. I, I loved it. Um yeah. I mean, number one, you always look great as an avatar. You never have to do your hair. There's no video. You just log in and your avatar is awesome. Um, it, it was just so creative and it really inspired creativity. And at the time I was reaching out, I was trying to find other people who were using this tool to communicate with their teams. And, you know, we were meeting in there with marketing and sales and marketing teams and, and we would have, you know, slides up on the walls. And I mean, it was crazy stuff that we were doing. And then Twitter had just launched. And I remember I logged into this tool thinking, oh, maybe I can find people, other people around the world who are using this 3D immersive environment. And so I started connecting with people on Twitter, like in 2007, 2008, um, to build relationships with them for this other platform we were using. So that's kind of what got me into social media early. And then I was always asked to come and speak at conferences because number one, if you're a female and you're in tech and you can speak, um, <laughs> it's like the trifecta. And right. so I would get asked to speak at tech conferences about the work that we were doing. And then that kind of launched more into companies coming and saying, wow, all this social media stuff is great, but can you just do it for us? And so in about 2010, we started managed services for clients. And so Social Connects kind of 
came about because we just had people coming up saying, can you do it for us? And I'm always a believer and say, I just say yes, and then figure out how to do it. And I said, of course we can do this for you. And immediately I had to build a team. We, we I brought on four people that we started writing content and posting it and building the communities and having conversations on social media. And so you know, over the last nine, 10 years, it's been this crazy journey of, you know, platforms coming and going, live streaming really did a leapfrog for most companies over the virtual environment because video killed, not just video killed the radio star, but video killed the, the 3D immersive world because that took so much in bandwidth for video cards on a company's computers. They had all these sales teams out in the field with laptops that didn't have video cards. And so, you know, they couldn't log in to these virtual environments, but they could jump on a video call now and it was free. And so, you know, tools like this, like Zoom and, and um, I mean, in the early days we had Blab and Google Hangouts and these tools kind of revolutionized what we could do as far as social media and connecting with people. So that really has pivoted the way we even do social today for our clients is we, we do a lot in the area of live streaming and video content with our I'd clients. I'd like to definitely get into that too. Um, yeah, it's, it's just hugely important. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say we've done a bit of that too. So that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's a per- yeah. Um, from your experience of since you've been in it for a while and you act- and you hopped on that social media train like early, even without you kind of knowing it, Right. Um, is the biggest difference from say 24 year, 20 years ago to now is the biggest difference social media? Like, are there still, you know, are just like the core principles still, um, you know, still in line today or like, what would you, what do you think like the biggest difference? I mean, the difference is 24 years ago when you started a business and I, I literally took the leap, started my business. And three months later, my husband quit his job and he joined me. So we both were, you know, in it. And making it happen, but we literally would put on, you know, you had a business to run, but then there would be days we go, okay, we have to work on our marketing. And we would put on your marketing hat or sit down for a couple hours and you'd create marketing campaigns. Versus today, I feel like it's it's flip-flopped. Companies see um, all these social platforms as so overwhelming and that they consume so much time that I feel like companies feel the need to spend you know, 20 hours on their marketing and four hours on their business. And that's, it's wrong. You know, they, they have to, they have to look at it and say, just because there's more tools doesn't mean we have to use them all. And I think companies have realized that they, they usually need to bring on someone to either help them um, or manage it for them. Or, I mean, we even have a whole DIY segment where we write content and people can just download the content every month. And it's somewhat generic and templated, but then they can customize it because they don't have time to do it themselves. I would say it's not rocket science, but it's definitely time consuming. And and the information overload component. Oh my gosh. And every day, you know, I always say the number one skill I look for when I hire someone on our team is they have to have an insatiable appetite for learning because in this industry, every day- you have to learn something, whether it's podcasting, whether it's live streaming, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, some mm-hmm. editing tool, you just have to always be learning and be, and, and love that because that's what this business really has become is just oh. a nonstop learning environment. 
Cutting, cutting back on that a minute, um, I'm curious your opinion on this. So one thing I've noticed, obviously, you know, we're a marketing agency as well. Um, do you feel like you have that same business problem marketing your own company, even oh, though you're a marketing absolutely. company? Yes. Yeah. And I actually have someone on our team that does the marketing for our yeah. business. <laughs> I put out a lot of content from the Gina Shrek brand. Right. You know, I, I, I have content that I put out there and I have all the channels just Gina Shrek, but then Social Connects has um, content that we have to create and write blog content and do podcasts for. And then we have another business, which is a co-working business. And we also have to have somebody that's doing that because I could never keep up. Like our business wouldn't grow because, you know, I always say marketing is a piece of that, but you still have to have somebody that's pounding the pavement and drumming up leads and doing the things and running the business. So... Yeah, it's it's definitely. I mean, you know, in a marketing business, your greatest challenge is marketing your business. And I have people say to me, I've gone to your social channels. And yeah. the reason I um, chose you guys is because I can see you're putting like out it. lots of content. You yeah. know, that's a that's an interesting thing, because one of the reasons why we started the podcast and like doing webinars is because the clients kept wanting to do it. So now we open the sales up with we do this. For exactly. Yeah. Um, and that's because yeah. I mean, yeah, if you don't do it, yeah, yeah. Then how are you going to help me do it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or how yeah. can you even like convince me that it's worth doing if you guys are, I mean, we say never hire a broke financial planner <laughs> and never hire an antisocial social media strategist, because if they're not social themselves, how do you know that they're going to be able to help you do this? Um, yeah, you have to see it in action. And, and I think part of it is when you're doing it. Every day you're learning something different that you need to do. <laughs> so, you know, it's yeah, from every piece of content. Yeah. Because every piece of content is different, even if it is just a little different, then you're that testing, which like is such a huge recurring theme of like, this is the world of testing. You know, right. you can, it's free to test. Marketing is testing and yeah, experimentation. Yeah. And you could write a piece of content and you put it out there today, but next week, that same type of content is not going to perform the same. It might be better. It might be worse because of something that has changed on that platform or in the environment. So kind of cutting around on that. So, talk, you know, we were talking before we got started about the new LinkedIn um, right. kind of feature. So what actually, like, what are the most recent changes that people should be aware of? Yeah. One of the, I mean, LinkedIn has always struggled to be seen as a social platform. Right. Uh, people, I'm still amazed when I, when I, you know, we meet with people or we bring on a client and they say, well, I thought LinkedIn was just for recruiting. Um, so I still think people have that perception of LinkedIn, but it's starting to get better. And so I think it was 2016 that Microsoft bought them, uh, bought LinkedIn. And, and what I've, what I've started to see is they are becoming um, people are taking a second look. People are coming back to LinkedIn going, okay, maybe it's more than just put my profile up. And lately, the biggest feature rollout is LinkedIn Live. Now, it's still in beta. Um, you have to apply. You have to or be invited to a, to do LinkedIn Lives. And so they're, they're doing some things, I think, interestingly, very different than Facebook Live or Instagram Live. Or YouTube. Or, or YouTube Live. Um, they're they're saying you on LinkedIn you cannot just go live from your phone, so that's a that's a big difference. I like right that. Away. Um, you no. have to use a third party tool, <laughs> yeah. and it's a little more polished. 
Um, I noticed that with some of them, uh, like it's a pushed back screen. Like it looks visually different. It's very different. And it has branding elements built in. And they're forcing you as a user to use a third-party app. So there's the ones, there's only a few that are approved. Um, before, before this, I was using a tool called be live and you know, it allows you to stream to Facebook and to YouTube and Streamyard got approved to be one of the early tools that LinkedIn, um, is promoting everybody to use Streamyard. And there's, I think there's three or four that are approved. Um, but be live was not on there. So I switched over to Streamyard and started broadcasting, doing live streaming, um, on LinkedIn through StreamYard. And I, I do like it. You can do interviews like this. You can have up to yeah. six people, like a old blab days. Oh, we got to apply for that now. Yeah. it's. I'll give you the <laughs> link. Um, I'll share awesome. the link you can put yeah. in your show notes for people if they Perfect. want to apply. And mm-hmm. then um, a StreamYard link where you can, I tell people, apply first, then go to StreamYard and sign up for their free version because the free version does everything. It just has the little, um, has StreamYard's logo. Yeah. If you want to pay $20 a month, then you can put your own logo and your branding mm. elements in there. What What do you see? Like, So my number one question there would be, obviously, like, what kind of format? You know, you could do webinars, you could do podcasts, you could have a live event and done a panel. You know, that's something we've done, like stream to Instagram or whatever. Right. Um, what is the format? Because it almost does, you know, Ryan mentioned like the YouTube live thing. And you've seen like, you know, we, we work with some influencers and things like that. Yeah. Um, and you've seen sometimes it works quite well when you have like a monologue or somebody's kind of doing like a diary. And actually, one of our previous podcast guests does that like every week. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. What I'm, I'm I'm blanking on her name, but um, and she does it on LinkedIn, so it's like a vlog. Okay. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that's almost you know kind of business people are picking up on that trend that's been in social media. Right. on the you know, kind of consumer entertainment side. It is. And it's different in the sense where you're seeing on LinkedIn, definitely more business content. So you're seeing almost these mini courses yeah. or edutainment mm. more than on Facebook and Instagram. I call it that a lot of times you see live streaming. So I always say the difference between live streaming and live streaming Live streaming is, hey everyone, I'm you know I'm here at the hotel at the conference and I'm showing you around and it's I'm showing you I'm bringing you in as part of my life or I'm going on a walk or I'm like the moment things. basically yeah I'm kind of taking you along and letting you see a moment in my life yeah. versus live streaming is a little more prepared it has content points that you're trying to make sure that you deliver right. you might have an interview you could be talking head this morning I I went live. And I, and what I love about um, StreamYard is you can stream to multi, you have a multi-channel, you can do LinkedIn, Facebook, oh, that's great. Um, and YouTube simultaneously. Wow. And people can comment yeah. and you're seeing the comments. And so there's some cool pieces to it. Um, and it'll go on those channels, but definitely on LinkedIn, what I've been looking at is the audience is different on LinkedIn. So on Facebook, you have a very social person that is there to um, say, hey, what are you drinking? And, um, you know, hey, I have my coffee and I have, you know, you have that social person that's wanting to chit chat. LinkedIn, you have to keep in mind, you have somebody who's in a business setting and probably (laughs) not going to just let you start blabbing live (laughs) and loud. So they'll probably be more replay watch, um, number one, when they have time or... 
I've been seeing with a couple of our clients where we actually have people who are bringing their teams together on that date and time into a conference room and they're looking at it as a mini course being delivered and their team is watching it. And, um, and that's really cool. So, you know, keeping in mind who is the audience and what type of content can I deliver that this audience is going to be looking for. So it's a little um, different. Yeah. So one more thing. So, there, you know, LinkedIn has a bunch of different like apps and stuff that have been there for a while. Linda, the LinkedIn learning type yeah. platform is one of them. Um, SlideShare is another one. Right. Do you see that? Is Does that have a function on LinkedIn and how big of a function? Well, I, I always say it's a, those are great tools in your marketing, which is interesting because LinkedIn just rolled out a couple of weeks ago, something new that's, um, you can take a quiz. If you go to your skills area on your profile and it'll say, take a quiz. Well, what a brilliant marketing ploy for LinkedIn, because after you take the quiz, if you didn't do well, they suggest Linda courses or is it Skillshare? Right. Yeah. Skillshare. Yeah. One of them they bought. And so they're, they're now pitching classes that they can offer you because you know, and I went on there. I was like, "Oh, I'm going to see what skills I can take quizzes for." And then I realized, "Oh, this is a brilliant marketing for LinkedIn to use." But I feel like SlideShare is definitely one as a marketer that you can repurpose content. I mean, for example, this morning I could go live on multi channels, stream live, and then while I'm live, I can show some slides. I could show a slide deck, and then I could say, "This slide deck." I could put it on SlideShare. Or I could put it on my website behind the landing page and say, if you'd like copies of my slides, you know, go here, you know, social connect slash live, and you can download after they enter their email address. Yeah, I was going to say, get the email. Right. So you could use, you know, these live streaming as lead gen opportunities if you're sharing great content with slides. Or maybe your slides are just, you know, a bunch of bullet points that you don't want to collect email. Then SlideShare, I always say, then use SlideShare as a way to, but you can build landing pages in SlideShare as well right. and, um, and do that. So, you know, I think, I think it's one of those things that it's, um, you want to look at it. What is your goal on there always? What is your goal for going live? Now, LinkedIn, to get into the beta, they require that you commit to going live at least once a week. So they want to know that you're going to be consistent, that you're going to show up and that you're going to go live for more than 10 minutes. Um, so again, they're trying to avoid just the, Hey everyone wanted to stop by and say happy Monday. And then they're, (laughs) then they log off. Um, so they've got some kind of guidelines that they're requiring to get people in the beta. Interesting. Yeah, it's cool, but we're definitely seeing the engagement is off the charts because LinkedIn is pushing it out because it's new. As soon as you go live, I mean, people are seeing notifications right away and people are dropping in your live. But what I've noticed is even when you're done, the engagement on your profile. So, you know, we've seen about a two to three hundred percent increase on number of um, requests to connect and number of people following you, um, following your profile and your brand. And so you can apply for LinkedIn to go live from your personal profile. Or if you're a bigger company, you might want to apply as a business from the business page and go live. I I tell people, if you own the business, apply for both. Apply twice because Mm -hmm. LinkedIn says, what content would you deliver if you were to be doing lives? What what type of content would you deliver? And you have to fill out a little application. And so, you know, they want to know that 
okay, I've got some great content to share. And I tell people that are just trying to figure this out, take old blog content, take old podcast topics, take all of your content and go, which ones are evergreen? How can I use those as um, LinkedIn lives? You know, maybe now, maybe it was a podcast or a blog post, and maybe you're going to do it live and invite a guest, invite another expert in and do now a, a talk show format with a guest on that same topic, you know, put a, put a unique spin, but that's, those are some great ways to kind of take existing content and repurpose it. Do you take your, um, like live streams and will you make like shorter clips out of them and things like that? Or. Yeah. Well, and this morning, what I did is as soon as it was done, I downloaded the the video and then I, um, ripped the audio out and I saved the audio as a podcast on Lipson. So that I, you know, so get, okay, why would I record a separate podcast for the week? Let's just use this one and pull that. And then we'll take the video pieces and take snippets to do Instagram um, mm-hmm. stories gotcha. to promote it. We could put it as an IGTV video. So there's, you know, you look at the length, depending on how long you go live, where else can you really get value and then have somebody transcribe it, turn that into a blog post, embed the video on your, you know, website. Now you're increasing uh, web traffic time on your site. And so there's just lots of ways to use pieces of content, take the data points from what you talked about and create some, you know, infographics. Now, all of that said, um, that all takes time. <laughs> so, you know, the reality and then is- you're trying to figure out like, okay, should I do a podcast? Should I write a blog post? So should I do, I'm going to actually take yeah. a quote from one of your articles, Gina, um, because I really actually like this. Cause since we're on content marketing, um, yeah. I thought this fit, um, you said many people put a lot of hours into the creation of a single blog post, uh, video or even website content. Uh, but then they put no thought into how it will be promoted. Right. And yeah. that's similar to what we were just saying. And also the amount of time, you know, that oh you're going to spend crazy. Um, so what, like, how should people or, you know, founders market, whoever's creating this content, um, like how should they prioritize their time when they're creating the content? And I mean, if you're not already using a content calendar, I mean, it's just so simple. It's as simple as create, taking a Google or go into Microsoft word and say open template and then say calendar and print that out if you need, or, or go on and uh, create a Google calendar and use that, but plug in you know, if you take next month and you say, okay, in November, what are all the holidays that we want to talk about in our social media? What are all the events going on in our business? Do we have any new products rolling out? Plug all those into your content calendar. Then step back and say, okay, looking at this calendar, are there any things on here that we want to do maybe a podcast on or go live on? If we're, if we choose something to go live on, how can we take that as our theme for the week? And then maybe we take that theme and carry it into pieces. We Now we can take those pieces and let's pull some stats and make some graphics with stats only. Let's um, do a, a poll around this topic. You know, take that one topic and carry it out longer because, you know, once that topic, once that post goes live, you want to look at it and say, keep it alive and keep linking back to it. And keep it fresh, or, yeah. And keep it fresh. And then if it is evergreen content, the following week, maybe you've got another one coming out but don't forget to promote last week's again, because not everybody saw it last week. And so how can you keep it in circulation and now using all your content pieces to trickle down throughout the month so you can continue getting traction from those? Yeah, it's like, you know, we think, oh, we spend, you know, 12 hours writing a piece of content and then we're done and we go move on to the next one. It's like, wow, 
how can you get more squeeze more juice out of that last that's why i personally like podcasts too because like i even on my personal podcast i'm like you know like i'm really just sitting down talking to somebody right so and you can so you can use that i mean i'm biased because i make them you know but it's i think it's you know invaluable to be able to make to be able to take that now you have it in text form. So like you said, you right. create a blog out of it. Now you have it in audio and that's on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, all that. So you're right. just, you get like five different forms of content. And then take one. your podcast and go into a tool like headliner app and headliner app. You can take your podcast MP3 and it'll add a, a photo or, and you can put moving waves or whatever. And now you save it as an MP4 and you can now put it on Facebook and YouTube. You know, I'm going to shout out um, Kate from lately. Uh, dot com too that we had on the podcast hers takes podcasts and your content and then creates the other content like through ai and machine learning i guess um so there's that too so you can use something like that yeah you have and really set up a system to say okay on this day we go you know do the podcast on this day it gets transcribed on that you know and if you put yeah this the content calendar yeah, it'll schedule. help you. That's something that I'm really bad at, just personally in my own personal. Because I think you know why you're bad post. at it. Because <laughs> as the marketers, we think, oh well, we can think of it on the on the fly. <laughs> yeah, the ideas are just the yeah. ideas are there. Most people struggle with that. You know, most people go, yeah. oh, I don't know what to oh post. Oh my today. god, I have so many ideas. Not even yeah. yeah right? But that's that's also a problem for us. It's like, yeah, we have all the ideas and we have all the knowledge, but it's going to be in the way when we get busy. So it's like having a process already set up and assign people those tasks. And then it just, yeah, you, you, then you have this never ending content machine that really does well. And then you have to analyze, okay, maybe it's shifting. Maybe we're not getting as much traction on, you know, this particular channel or this type of content. It's easier to shift when you've got all these other pieces already being created. I mean, I, I really feel that on LinkedIn, I think on every social media platform, not just LinkedIn, but I think on LinkedIn, we're feeling it more. Um, it's just, we're over automated. Um, things are just so overdone. I mean, LinkedIn groups to me died because too many marketers were in there. All we were doing is trying to sell to each other and no one was, you know, very few groups were providing value and LinkedIn is redoing the groups. I think that's another big change that we'll see coming soon, um, is, is the groups feature will change. But, um, I, yeah, I just think the way to bring, you know, we have to look at ways to bring a more human element to it. And, and I like using tools like loom is a video tool. And then I just met a guy a couple weeks ago. Um, Ruben, Ruben Dua, his company is called dub D U B B super cool tool. I've been playing with it the last week where you can um, create a video message and put it in your LinkedIn message to people. And it opens up a little gif of the video and it actually sends it um, in the LinkedIn. And then when they click on it, it plays the whole video. But to me, video is such a great tool to personalize and humanize on LinkedIn. So I, I think the reason we're seeing, you know, that fatigue, especially on LinkedIn, is it's just so many people just trying to sell to each other. And there's very few relationships uh, that we're connecting with. What are they doing with the groups? I, I didn't know that was happening. Yeah, I haven't heard exactly what's going to change, but they just said groups will be changing um, the whole fe- the whole group feature. And I, I, I don't know how they can, I, I don't know how they could fix this. I mean, I look at Facebook groups tend to do really well if you make them a private group and you My kind friend, of screen yeah. with questions, and then you then you have rules that you can't sell to each other. Which LinkedIn had that as well, but 
for some reason, I think business people in business who are seriously there for business, they just don't have time to be in a group and check that every yeah, day. Like even if you change the structure of how the groups work, you can't make people engage no. in them, right? And I so. always say LinkedIn, the, the, the user on LinkedIn is not as social. So they may be consumers of content, but yep. they may not be engaging with that content, sharing it, commenting on it, but they're going to consume it. So I feel like the more we can deliver really great value in content, and bring that content in a way that, you know, those executives or those decision makers are, you know, consuming that content and going, wow, this is really good. We need to work with them, you know, thinking of it a little different because, yeah, it's fatigue everywhere. It's content fatigue. And how can you really stand out? I think the way to stand out is we need to almost scale back. We're, we're connecting, you know, we've collected. Mm. Now we need to connect and we need to pick. There's another tool that I met, um, Adrian. He is He owns a company called Content Mapping. And that's been a really fun tool. I signed on to, to test it. And it basically, it's taking your LinkedIn contacts and then it's reminding you. So it's, it's like using probably Sales Navigator. Right. And it's reminding you, hey, you know, send a card to this person or send a text message or I'm, I'm putting little reminders, send a video message to them, send an audio message to remind us to go a little deeper with people. And I think we're going to see a greater return. What, what do you think about? So one thing we, you know, we've done Facebook groups, LinkedIn groups. We have a meetups group that actually does really well in terms of engagement and getting people to you know, sign up for various things we're doing, but we also started doing a Slack and a Discord. Yeah. That, um, which seems to be a trend. We have a, a, a guy that we know who has a company called Launch Pass, which is basically like the facilitating the signups and the creations of these Slack communities. Do you see that as kind of being a different, because it's, you know, in real time, it's not like a post wall per se. Right. I love Slack and we use Slack within our business. And then I belong to a, a couple Slack groups on the co-working side um, that we share resources and questions. So it is more like a Facebook group in the sense where um, it is real time. But I, I, you know, when I look at where do I get the most value right now, I, I have two Facebook groups I belong to. Um, and then we manage a Facebook group, but it's the one that I get the most value from is the the Facebook group. It's a co-working Facebook group. And I go in there and I'm like, okay, here's what I've just run into on negotiating this lease and who's got experience in that. So it's like Slack that it's real time. And what I like about Slack is you can create different channels. So even within that group, segmenting the conversations is helpful for someone who's busy to say, I just need to jump in and see if anybody has an answer in this specific yeah, area. That's why we, yeah, we just like, we'll have like that. just ad words or right. just, you know, con or whatever the example is. Right. It but is yeah, that's so much content. better. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. you might not want the whole broad, you know, there might be certain people who are in there for the larger conversation and others who are in there just for one nuance. Right. And if it's somebody always trying to pitch their stuff, we tune yeah. it We tune it out. So I think mm -hmm. Slack brings a, a different um, element. I think where I have a hard time because I try to convince all of our clients they should be on Slack. And people go, I can't take another, I can't take another communication channel. Like mm -hmm. I have too many things I have to check. And I get that. So you have to look at what each one, the role each channel plays, and then really guard 
the integrity of that channel because as soon as people see it as overload, you know, I, there's, um, there's a woman who runs a group and it's just overkill that she's always got events. She's not necessarily selling anything, but it's so much content that I'm like, I, it's great stuff, but I just don't, I can't do it. Yeah. Which is why pairing back, you know, even I look at people I follow on Instagram. I'm like, why am I following these people? (laughs) You know, I I don't even remember following these people. It's time to unfollow and, and, and really get into the core of what's the content I want. And let me tune into that. Another topic that we wanted to touch on. Um, that we haven't really got into was Instagram. We're very big on it, you know, kind of all around personally. Yeah. Um, I love you know, it. Just, a, as most people are, I would say. Um, I think one thing I've noticed in just doing, say, you know, having a number of sales conversations a week is businesses seem to be more open across the board to using Instagram, where it was yeah. more like Facebook. And then they, you know, LinkedIn really appeals, obviously, to the B2B companies. Um, but it seems like there's a difference in Instagram. And you can see, like, in your feed, now you're getting a lot of, bit, you know, business-oriented, at least consumer financial, um, you know, big hotel chains, things like that. Um, right. Do you, have, have you noticed a shift there at all? No, we keep laughing, saying Instagram is getting a few gray hairs yeah. um, because we're definitely seeing it age. Um, the demographics age a little more. Yes. And so I think more businesses are taking a look and saying, oh, our demographic is on Instagram. Now and I are. think, again, I think to make sure a company doesn't blow it on Instagram, they really have to look at it and say, how are we going to deliver content on this platform in a different way than we are on LinkedIn and Facebook? Because to me, Instagram is, Show me behind the scenes a little bit. Introduce me to your team members or your vendors or your partners or experts in this arena that I'm interested in. Show me something that's different than the content you're sharing on your other channels because it should look very different. And I know the hard part of that is that's more time, more content that's different. But to me, if you're going to do well on Instagram, it really has to look different. It's You're doing a lot of life. What's the life of your business? What's the personality of your business in those stories? And stories are the key on Instagram because they're just getting so much more attention. And, you know, even within stories, how do you make them really follow a story arc? And, you know, so to me, the hard part for Instagram for businesses is that it's very manual and time consuming. So it's harder. Yeah. Um, one thing, you know, you were saying before about people go to LinkedIn, right. To do business related activities. So you, they don't want to do, you know, get like a fat loss product or something, right. Um, on there, you know, people are obviously on Instagram for different reasons. They're probably addicted to it. So it's unless you're selling a product, then Instagram is definitely all about show me your product. I'm going to click and buy. Yeah. I mean, if you're a product business, but most people who are in B2B, they have to use Instagram differently. Are, are there things to avoid though? Like, let's say I'm a, a software company. Should I be putting out stories with like a download link that are essentially ads? Like, should my page just be ads? Is there like. I just think you're going to die a very quick death if you do that. To yeah. me, if you're a software company, get on there and tell me about an upgrade that's coming or a new, you know, a new update and tell me a couple of the features and interview people on your team in a video real quick to show me 
some of the cool features and show me the excitement around that. You know, bring me into your office and let me hear from your team about the features of your software. Then all of a sudden, that's a really cool way to bring me. It's almost like you've invited me to your office and you're taking me on a tour of your office and I'm getting to know the software from a different angle than an ad. Now, that doesn't mean you should never promote through an ad. You might want to say, you know what, the last screen of our tour of our story might be something that says, you know, we want to offer you a free download um, to test it out and and put that on there. Swipe up here to to get that, which most people don't realize, you know, once you have 10,000 followers, you can have a swipe up and click to any link. But anybody can swipe up and and click to another Instagram link. So perhaps you create an Instagram, an IGTV, longer form video that's promotional. Now on your stories, you can say swipe up if you want a free download of this software. And it takes them to the IGTV or to a regular post. So, you know, there's things that you can do creatively to... um, to use Instagram in a way that's very Instagram friendly sure. and then, and still be promotional. Yeah, I just think just, take them. if it's just ads on the Instagram, then it's just a turnoff, right? I mean, it, like you're I'm a, like, I'm scrolling you? through lifestyle, lifestyle. Oh, ad like less, like you're just like, you're already in a space, a mental space of like, I don't want to see any. Exactly. <laughs> right now. I mean, it's ask yourself, who is my audience and what are they loving to consume on here? Because if, if they are watching lifestyle stuff, how can we make our feed look like it's lifestyle? And how do we take our software, for example, and show them the lifestyle of our company? Because if, yeah, yeah. we do fun things here and we have fun people here. Show me that and then tell me about, you know. I just think we have to look at it different. Otherwise, we kill it on the vine. One of our um, future guests, uh, his name's David Breyer. He's a branding expert. Um, we're having him on soon. He actually posted something on LinkedIn today about like about company culture. And he posted some weird video that took him like an hour of like their morning routine. And it yeah. like just seems so weird and out there. But it's like, that's, and it, you know, it's not an informational piece of content, but it's just like, this is what we do. It's different. You know, that's just one example of like, you don't have to post like the, you know, you don't want that, you know, $20 off, you know, like something different, right? Like on the, maybe on Give people a reason to stop scrolling and actually pay attention to you. Um, Yeah. And and one platform we didn't talk about, but recently I've, I've really been trying to get clients to pay more attention to is their Google, my business um, profiles. (laughs) And just like, it's not Google plus. It's, you know, we're not saying be social it's, every what, day, yeah. but you've got to post there. Yeah. What's that? I spent, uh, and, and for SEO and, and stuff and getting yourself in the results, I spent an hour just adding like. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, and I would say, just put that on your calendar to do once a month. You know, are we asking for testimonials? Mm-hmm. Give them the link to put a testimonial on Google My Business, um, especially if it's a local business. You know, local business, you just got to be there. Oh, um, but every business should pay a little attention to their Google My Business. That's account. the same thing as just claiming your business, right? It's that or that's how that's Google's okay, registry yeah. of your business of businesses then. Right? Yeah. So you either have to verify your website or verify your storefront okay, to be a local business. Mail to you. Yeah, I've and done that just, with small businesses before, and they and ha- they're people, like, "What are you talking about? Yeah, we have a website. About? They don't even know. We yeah, have a website. Even, <laughs> I, I mean, we just took on a new client, and they're a construction company, and they're they built custom homes, and they're beautiful, and they have a great reputation. They had never claimed their Google <laughs> account. I'm like, yep. 
Like how, how, how? They're just you not know. thinking about it. Thinking that. not, well, so, that's why they have, they, you know, that's why I hired the experts. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. You know, well, and it's just, I think it just reminds me how many of us, there are so many channels to pay attention to that we're overloaded. And even though we work in the business, we're overloaded. So the, the normal business person is way overloaded. You know, they're not going to know all that. So just those little reminders is always is always helpful and different content on different platforms. Yeah. One one kind of just overarching like perennial question. Um, you have like we have a lot of the audience members that are marketers, freelancers, things like that, and they work doing social media for small businesses, startups, etc. Um, I would say the vast majority of small businesses out there have some kind of social media. Typically you look at it it's like reposted links from other companies right. and sites, no engagement, no following, or if there is a following, it's like a fake following or something. Is social media necessary for every business? And is it, and, and some of those companies, mind you, have, have a decent amount of success. I mean, they have other channels to, to generate business, but is it a necessity? Um, and then, in, in terms of time, and then how do you actually measure as a business results on a short-term, like three to six-month basis? I mean, there's a couple things there. Number one, you shouldn't be on every channel. Right. And I say that I'm on every channel. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But I would say that the, to a business owner, I would say to them, where is your target audience? What's the one channel you think, and if we don't know, then let's go check that out and let's go interview your clients and let's go scour the different social media sites to see where are your competitors, where, is your, where are your customers hanging out online, where are they engaged online, not just do they have an account there, but where do you see engagement, and then pick that channel and nail it there, nail it. Don't, but do nothing but stay on that one channel, nail it, and then if you want to scale it, then scale it, but nail it there first. So do should everybody be on social media? I feel like you have to be. Not on every social media channel. I feel like you have to be on a channel because people are going to go Google your business. They're going to look at your website. And then they're probably going to go to a social channel that they hang out on to see what who do other people's um, you know, who do other people say you are? What do other people say about you? Um, what type of content do you put out? So I feel like your website, unless you have a website that is so packed with daily content that you're there all the time active, your website's probably not social. So for most people, you need to pick a channel and be social there. And then, you know, it's really a matter of just saying, you've got to be active there. You've got to be present there, whether it's 30 minutes a day or whether it's 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes, be present there. Um, Let people know that you're real. And that's hard when you've not, you know, when you've ignored your audience for 10 years and now suddenly you go, okay, now how do I get engagement? It's going to take work. You know, you're going to have to show up every day, which to me, that's where video can help you is do some lives or even just a short little videos, just saying, you know what? I've ignored this space and I want to come to you every week and I want to deliver some great content. Here's what I'm going to talk about. Um, and every Monday or every Friday, I'm going to deliver something to be real with people and say, 
Here's what I want to bring value to you with. I'm going to answer your questions. I've got a list of 10 questions. I mean, all of us could write 10 FAQs for our business. Start with those and every week answer one and, um, and just show your audience that you're really there. And pretty soon you'll get one comment, two comments, three comments. Um, And I, I think that's a good way to re-engage a sleeping audience. And then those other platforms, you might just put a message up that just says, I'm no longer using this channel. Um, you know, visit my content over at LinkedIn. That's an interesting idea. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely have to claim your businesses on every channel because, yeah. you know, you start to go to the citations and how that works with SEO. You want to claim those businesses and make sure you fill out your profile. But I would put up a little banner that says, here's where I'm active. Got it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Definitely, definitely have given similar um, types of advice. Is there any, so basically don't check the box. You can't just check the box. If you're going to go in and do it, you have to. Like, why why put inventory on a shelf in a store if you're never going to open the doors? I mean, right. you know, you got to be home. You got to be there. And I think that's the hardest thing about social media. That to me, I look at 24 years ago when I started business, as long as I answered my phones, you know, returned <laughs> yeah. phone call. We didn't even have, you know, websites when I first started. Um, and then, you know, as long as you mailed out brochures, uh, whatever it was you had to do. Today, we just have so many channels that we try to be present on. So if you pick one and you say, I want to just nail this channel right here, I want to be there every day just to, whether it's sharing an article I read or whether it's sharing an article I wrote, which I do think is important for people to share their own thought leadership. If you're an authority in something and all you do is share other people's content, I need to occasionally hear your thoughts on it. Um, And so I feel like that is important. It's hard though. I mean, I know the, the struggle is real. Yeah, the informative content is, I think is, I mean, that's what I like to see the most, you know, if you have a business that like, hey, if you're a marketing or sales bit, like, how do you do marketing and sales? Like, instead of just throwing what you do at me, instead, you know, just from like the, you know, consumer point. Right. And again, you want to establish that you're the authority in whatever industry you're in. Talk about that, you know, exactly answer questions. And if at first you don't have anybody asking you questions, you make up the questions that you know that you get asked all the time from your clients and answer those questions. I love this transition because I have another quote and it says, authenticity comes from showing your imperfections. Uh, We want to see the real you, not the overly produced you from your article about perfectionism, Um, which was great. I just read that. Um, And and I think it ties in with this of like, you can just be yourself, like just give us the information. It's okay if you're yourself while you're giving it to us. Well, you have to be, you know, branding is an inside job. Like who you are and who you bring to the table becomes your brand. Mm -hmm. I can't craft what I think my brand should be. And if I'm not that, when I show up, that's not my brand. You're going to have a problem. Yeah. You're going to have a problem. And so your brand is, you know, you're inside. And I think so many businesses struggle with this because they don't want to be real. They don't want to show the real, the raw, the, the mistakes, the, they don't want to show that um, to the world. And so that's why going live on any live streaming is so difficult for brands because, well, what if the power on my laptop goes out? Or what if I'm talking and all of a sudden my microphone starts echoing? Or what, what if your happens? Zoom stops halfway through? What if through your the- Zoom <laughs> stops? You're like, but you know what? That's the stuff that makes you likable. It's like, 
when you're perfect, I don't like you. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. if you're so no, perfect, it's not you. you're yeah. not I, you're not like me. So when I see a brand that's so perfect and so polished, I'm like, wow, I cannot relate. I cannot relate to them. Now I'm not saying show the dirty laundry of a business, but I'm saying be real. Don't script things out so much that you're reading from teleprompters while you're doing a live stream. It's like talk to me, answer one question. If you can't answer one question that's on your FAQ list, you should not even be in business. Um, you know, just talk to people. I always say, don't give me a presentation. Or I was on a call the other day with somebody who kept saying, well, um, he kept saying he was pitching me. And I was just like, wow, how about have a conversation with me? Um, I, I don't need to be pitched. I don't need to see a presentation. I don't need an 87 slide deck show. Talk to me about what your business can do for me. Um, and that's what I think people connect so well with today. They love to connect with brands on that human level. And I just think the perfection will hurt you so much more than just be bringing the real you to the table. That was always my thought with the podcast. I don't know if, if when Chris was bringing me in, if that was his thought, but I, I, I was all about the conversational portion of yeah. it. Like let's, if we're going to interview people who, um, you know, run companies of any, at literally any level from one person to 500 people or thousands, like I'd rather, I just want to see the real person, you know, I mean, they do and- it. That's why podcasts, I think, have been this resurgence of the popularity of a podcast is you're so intimate when you're in a podcast because you're in my ears. You're having a chat with me. We're we're going on a walk together or we're driving together. Um, You know, that's how I feel like when I'm listening to podcasts, I, I feel like the person is next to me driving and I had this amazing conversation and I binge listen to, you know, 15 episodes or something. Like every day, basically, that's what yeah. I do. So yeah, it's like <laughs> so much of my time. That's to me, uh, the beauty of that type of content. So why can't we think of every piece of content the same way? How can I write a letter instead of a blog post to a very formal audience? And it has to be written in a certain format. Why not write? I, I mean, I, I know it sounds weird, but I always say, why not write a love letter? Uh, you know, to somebody that it, your best friend that has asked you a question on their business, their business is struggling, and you're just going to write a, a, a letter to them. Um, and I love the story of Warren Buffett. Um, you know, he puts out this annual letter to the audience, his financial investors every year. This, you know, everybody waits for Warren's letter. Well, the story is he writes a letter every year to his sister, Doris. And the reason he writes to his sister, Doris, is because Doris doesn't know the lingo or use the lingo, but she's very intelligent. And he writes to her. And when he's done, he takes her name out and puts, you know, investors. And to me, whether you're writing an email or a blog post, write it to your sister or brother or or best friend, whoever you like better, um, you know, and write it as if you're really wanting to help someone with some information without it sounding like it, this went through five attorneys before you hit publish. But if you told somebody that it would sound like it would, they would say, well, do, no, isn't it the opposite? And am I supposed to write it for everybody else and deliver and it's supposed to be perfect and bullet points and the font has to be this. And like, it's really so just pretty, but you know what, when yeah. I read it as the reader, I want to feel that you're talking to me just to yeah, me. the voice, right? The voice yeah. is really, yeah. Right. Yeah. Again, 
take out the name of the person when you're done writing it <laughs> yeah. and substitute it with. But then that's how you know that you wrote a, a good, you know, yeah, piece of because, content. Right. Because you Cause cared you about where writing. it was going. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when I write a blog post, I always write to one person. It's somebody who recently asked me a question or told me they had this problem. And I write that, pl- that post to that person to answer their question. I don't even care if a thousand other people have the same, I'm writing to that person. And it just so happens other people go, oh, I had the same problem. Cool. Yeah, humanize. We need to get more human. I think if you take anything away is like, that's a hundred percent for the content. Like there's so much robotic content. It's it just like hard. you we, like we you were saying before of like it just smells like spam it's <laughs> like very spammy smelling and I mean we can see automation and and I'm not saying all automation is bad you need to have some automation to help you get things done just make sure that you also bring that human piece in there There you go well thank you so much uh, oh my for, gosh this for coming on so we're at great. honestly we i know we can go like three hours at least i, I know I could, probably, I could go forever if i wow. just drink a couple more sips of coffee honestly. <laughs> <laughs> chris do you, do you have anything else you want to ask uh, before you wrap or no i mean i really want to dig into that the new linkedin feature a little more yeah oh LinkedIn yeah let's go did i miss that 100%. yeah I'm going to, um, I'll send you again, two links. One is um, where you apply to get on LinkedIn lives early. And then the second one is to StreamYard to go in and check out and sign up for their free version and play with it. Do a Facebook live, which by the way, there is a rehearsal mode. You can go into Facebook and do a rehearsal mode. You could also go into a private group. You can set it to private. So if people are freaked out, just go in and start getting comfortable with it. And then when you get approved for LinkedIn, then you can go to all of them. But right now you can use it to go live on, you know, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Periscope. They have a bunch of places already that you can stream into using this tool. So that's huge. Yeah. I never even knew about that. Yeah. Awesome. Really cool. There's so many new ones and they're so good. That's what I mean. It's like now now you have no excuse right now. These people like. (laughs) come on if even if you didn't get approved on linkedin somehow like you still have facebook you still have youtube you still have all these other yeah get out there you know you can't get great until you get started so don't wait until you're approved on linkedin to get started right get some under your belt you know practice on a private youtube channel and and do 10 of them because we'll never love watching ourselves do it with a friend yeah i was gonna say i I, just do them my personal ones i just do it with you know somebody i know we sit across from each other and that's it you know i mean that's it simple have a conversation write your faqs and just do one uh, one question a week answer that on a on a live and then at the end you're going wow we have some good content we can even put that on our website now there we go yeah um linkedin and you honestly like i think it said you have like 50 articles which are like you can't you have to have like the most articles i've ever seen on linkedin or something (laughs) like so just for everybody that's listening knows um it's all on the show notes and and you could uh go on on gina's linkedin as well that i'll link below and and read some of her articles because they're really valuable i read um probably about four or five of them today well ryan Uh, like you said you're i'm a ferocious learner as well and i always have something to say so not only could we talk all day on this Mm -hmm. there's always something you can write about that's i need to get better at that too on or myself uh transferring from the i could talk i have to do the writing too so that's that's good that now now i'll have more means to to do it <laughs> oh we all just needed a, another 10 hours in our day yeah 100 I'll, I'll take 20 honestly uh, yeah but um yeah if, chris if you're good man i'll wrap it up um 
I thank you. I got to, once you. again, I do, I do, we do thank you, Gina, for taking the time out of yeah. your day to come on here. Um, really tons important. of valuable information um, in this episode. And uh, like I said, you could find all the information in the show notes. Thanks again, Gina. I look forward to connecting with everyone. Thank you. All right. Anytime. Good stuff. That's it, folks. Another episode of No CMO Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. All right, guys. Thank you once again for tuning in to the No CMO Podcast. This has been another episode brought to you by You Don't Need a CMO. I hope you guys enjoyed our episode today with Gina of Social Connects and the Village Workspace. All of her information and ours is in the show notes for you guys to check out. Also, if you are listening right now, we would really appreciate if you guys would leave a review and rate us on your favorite podcast platforms. Thank you once again for another episode of the No CMO Podcast.